What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is Optimus Prime. And you're listening to All Things Transformers with Steve Megatron and TFG1 Mike. Transform and roll out. You're listening to All Things Transformers version 2.0. Welcome to All Things Transformers 2.0, Episode 2. I'm your host, Steve Megatron Phillips, and joining me this week is... <laughs> guy, TFG1 Mike. Yes, yes, TFG1 Mike, hello. <laughs> and me, Optimus Solo. Yes, hello. Hello. How's doing? I'm doing good. Pretty good, except, pretty good. Except for the no sleep thing. Yeah, except for having to fucking move thing. <laughs> we all have issues. Yes. For giving my cats up thing, my car going into service 12 times for the same issue thing, and driving my car in a ditch. That's so not... we've all had a good week. Yeah, really. Yeah, really. Well, this, uh... this is all sequentially in this pretty much the same day. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Steve. Yes. Well, I had my car in service half the week because uh, I have the same issue with this particular Chevy Aveo mm-hmm. that no dealership can seem to figure out. Because it's hmm. a common problem, and you Google it, and people have more idea of what's wrong with it than the dealers <laughs> and GM. Yes. Uh, I, I guess on, on, on a few good notes, uh, let's see. We released um, Tooncast 91 uh, on TopCat, uh, and our collaboration with Pop Culture Network with uh, From the Command Center, the new Power Rangers podcast, launched this week. So that's that's some good news. 
We also finished up the second set of uh, shows on the telecast, the second set of five shows. Yep. So we've done the uh, the Nickelodeon five block, and we did the educational five block. So. Yep. Moving on to puppets and Muppets next. Yay! <laughs> puppets and Muppets. <laughs> Oh, and then other good news for me, I guess, or as far as my other stuff, obviously the Behind the Voice Actors, uh, our user profiles launched in the last, I don't know, seven or eight days. And they're awesome. <laughs> so if you're not a member of Behind the Voice Actors yet, stop what you're doing right now. You can listen and register at the same time. <laughs> yes, yes. They are awesome. Yeah. I'm liking them so far. Yes, I am. I'm, I'm liking the ability to add voice actors in there and characters. Uh, they still don't have it for specific versions right. of the characters, which is you know fine for now. I mean, I know that'll eventually hit there, but I like uh, I like I told you before I like the fact that all the voice this clips show up on a user's page, so you don't have to scroll through or find them. You can just listen to like I can go to your page and listen to your three voice this clips without having to search for them. I'm yeah, waiting. It, it is a lot more tied in and integrated now, and that that is a lot better than what it once was yeah yeah because then you're not like oh well uh let me hear your clips well let me dig them out for you <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i'm besides the fact that i have to move i'm also waiting for all the damn bugs to be worked out with <laughs> with n- not really bugs but i mean like l- like with what steve said not individual characters have that hasn't been uh included yet so i'm waiting for all it's it's kind of like the apple thing you want the iPhone 5 right now when it comes out in June or whenever it's supposed to come out, but yet you know there's going to be a ton of bugs f- with it, so you might as well wait. It's like getting a video system the first day it comes out. Yep. Like, why would you do that? <laughs> yep. But uh, the other good th- or the other thing I did recently is I just made another uh, top ten list of behind the voice actors for uh, top ten female voice actors of the 90s. So you can go check uh, that out. That's why you asked me that question. Yeah, and I did end up bumping her into the 2000s. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> wow, that sounds so wrong. <laughs> yeah, he bumped her. Wow. I wish. So there you go. No, hey, shut up. <laughs> Dude, she's married. Leave it. Let's oh, move I, on. It's your crush. I'm sorry. Transformers. We're here for Transformers. That's right. That's right. Doesn't she have to do something with Transformers? She sure does. Shh. Now we're just Alrighty. getting into a horrible heart. Yeah, Steve. Yes. Move the, move I, I'm going to take the reins, and I think we're going to we're going to move on to the Transformers news. And Maximals don't have torture chambers. Although you know, I could get behind that idea. And now with the Transformers news, we are going to bring up Dark of the Moon. First thing up on the Dark of the Moon news, uh, we have the Super Bowl release. Uh, of the Dark of the Moon trailer, uh, which was quite a surprise, uh, for one, at how quick it got online after the Super Bowl, and two, just from what it shows. Well, the... I, I will uh, say... Go, go ahead, Mike. Uh, sorry. I'm constantly going to have problems with this episode. What I was going to say was, the thing about Steve saying it, it, how fast it got online, uh, there was a news item a few weeks ago uh, before the Super Bowl that uh, Nelson or whoever, one of the moderators of Michael Bay's website, said that it will be immediately on the Michael Bay website uh, right after it airs during the Super Bowl. So, I mean, it doesn't surprise me nowadays because it's like, you know... 
Yeah. Well, the other thing I was going to say is, like, it's becoming a thing with the Super Bowl now. Like, it used to be, um, as far as, like, commercials and all this other stuff and, you know, halftime show is the big deal. They're now, like, it's a big deal when they release which movies are going to get previewed during the Super Bowl <laughs> because it's kind of become a, like, a, like, center for previewing all the summer movies. And there was uh, actually a list that was let out of, like, all 12 – I think there was, like, 10 or 12 different movies that were going to receive previews. They even had them listed as to which ones would be pregame, which ones would be during the game, which ones would be postgame and all this. Exactly. Um, so I just think it's kind of a neat trend that all of a sudden the Super Bowl is becoming, like, this movie preview center. <laughs> the, only, the only thing for me is I'd say 90% of those previews were really short. Like, yeah, I'd have to definitely agree with you because the ones I did watch um, – Granted, they did show a lot of good stuff that gets you hooked and uh, gets you interested in the movies, but they definitely were way too short. Yeah, like the Captain America uh, preview, like, I was like, oh, cool, because you get to see what they, you know, the, the best thing is you get to see what the characters look like a little bit. You know, you get to see, get an idea for the feel of the film, but, like, it left, I mean, it didn't reveal much. It was just like, I have no idea what this movie's going to consist of. But that's how I felt with a lot of them. But it was good to see. It's always good to see Transformers trailers. Oh, yeah, I definitely agree. I, I was quite excited to uh, catch that particular trailer, to catch um, the Pirates of the Caribbean. I was uh, I was pumped to see uh, Captain America, Thor. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, the, that was definitely cool to uh, to see. Come up yeah, I, mean, uh, I, I enjoyed it. What did you guys think about the uh, Dark of the Moon trailer? Mike's asleep. Yes. No, I'm not asleep. <laughs> um. <laughs> what are your opinions on the trailer, Mike? We all know you have opinions. I, uh, oh God, I'm so trying to bite my tongue at this point because there's. Let it out. Anyway, no, I can't. Yeah, just let it out. We we like to speak freely on this show. Anyways, um, no, I was gonna mention something about a purple dinosaur, but anyway, um, I'm, other than that, <laughs> see exactly. Uh, the trailer, it's, it's too short. <laughs> it's too short. I, I mean, honestly, that if I was going to sum it up in like two words, it's too short. It, it, there's, it's like it was one of those things where you blink and you miss it. I mean, it just pisses me off. <laughs> pisses you off because it was too short. Yeah, because it's like I'm, I'm not expecting like like anything major, but at this point, the Super Bowl. It's February. The movie comes out in July, so what is that, eight, nine months away? Five or six. But six, you know, five or six, yeah, five or six months away, something like that. Comes out in July, yet they can't give us a full theatrical spot for a Super Bowl spot or something longer than what that was because, hell, every other movie that they showed pretty much, goddamn Pirates of the fucking Caribbean, that's a full trailer. Uh, um, the... The, the Thor trailer, that's a, a full trailer. I, I don't get why they're just giving us little snippet, snippets and all that, and it's like, holy crap, it's like they're trying to make us do a giant friggin' guessing game. Oh, it just pissed me off. How did you really feel? Although I did like seeing, I believe we saw Shockwave in there, so that was kind of cool. 
you, you did get to see a lot of new robots, which was definitely something uh, I was looking forward to. Uh, other than that crappy uh, teaser that we got to see, which we found out it was Sentinel Prime. Yeah, that I, I did find it interesting that they actually came out, you know, whenever they did and confirmed that 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 was actually that character. Because I know for a while there was a lot of speculation as to is that Sentinel Prime, is that somebody else, and I'm glad that they confirmed who that is. Yeah, and see, I was kind of surprised at the fact that it's Sentinel Prime and not... Alpha Trion? Yeah, I mean, it, it looked damn close to Alpha Trion in any case, and yeah. you're just kind of like, huh? <laughs> I'm interested to see what they do with this one. I, I, I'll say that much. And, and I, I'm going to give Michael Bay the benefit of the doubt this time and just say that I, I hope that he's learned from the previous movie and, and yeah. does this one right. Well, and the other thing, nobody should be going into this one with high expectations, <laughs> so it should be better than what you expect. Yeah, like, that, that is true. <laughs> it's kind of like it's kind of like uh, the, the prequels to the Star Wars movies. Like you went into the second and especially the third one, not necessarily expecting that much, and then they were better than that because you know it's better than when you come in with all that hype thinking it's going to be the greatest movie ever because mm. it's not going to be. But, yeah, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he'll get it right the third time. Third time's a charm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because definitely I, I don't think they want to reproduce the uh, crap of the previous movie. Yeah. I, I just, I, I can't see Michael Bay wanting to do that. But Well, and he even, even he admitted that he had a, a tough time with the second one. Like, in one of his recent interviews, he was like, that was a really tough one to make. It was a tough time in Hollywood to make a movie, and I realized that we, you know, messed up in a couple different ways. But at least he's admitting it. Yeah, and, and I'm glad that at least we're, we're beyond, that, uh, yeah. beyond that point, and he's, he's going to try something different. Uh, I definitely did like the trailer. Uh, like we all already said, they didn't show enough. But it definitely makes us pumped for the third movie, whereas before everybody was kind of like, yeah, I don't really know how much I'm going to like this. Yeah, that's true. What else do we got for Dark of the Moon news, Mike? Video game stuff. Ah, video games. Uh, you can hear how thrilled he sounds. <laughs> he is thrilled. Yeah, not really. Hey, but there, there is good news. Uh, the High Moon Studios yeah. is the team behind it, instead Which, of uh, freaking Activision. Yeah. Uh, which is actually very good. Apparently, you know, like Steve said, uh, High Moon Studios uh, is the creative team behind the upcoming Dark of the Moon game. Uh, game director Sean Miller said that the gameplay is similar to War for Cybertron will have a feature called Stealth Force. So, you know, like like Steve said, at least it's not done by the actual people at Activision, and it might be very. It probably will be very different. And if it's in War for Cybertron's style of gameplay. It'll be a hell of a lot better. Um, and as far as uh, story goes, it says it's supposed to be a prequel to the movie. Yeah. So. Which which is nice, it, you know, because it's kind of hard to 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 make a game around a movie. Right. And usually those bomb right away. So the fact that they're doing an in betweener kind of makes it more of a uh, thing to look forward to. Yeah. No, I agree with that completely. Um, and another thing as far as Dark of the Prime, 
or Dark of the Prime. Jesus. Dark of the Prime. <laughs> Dark, uh, that'd be an interesting one. Um, but Dark of the Moon, um, just kind of some stuff that Michael Bay has leaked out as far as uh, news goes. Obviously, um, the whole Sentinel Prime being in there, and according to Michael Bay, Sentinel Prime is great. Um, he said he can't tell us anything else other than he's great. Um, he talked about Shockwave a little bit. Said he's bad. He's got a much bigger gun and is a little more vicious than um, in comparison to Megatron. And he also said that Dark of the Moon will be his final Transformers film. And quote Michael Bay here, it does have an end, yes, because I am finished doing this. Well, it, But there's never truly an end in movies, and sorry right. to cut you off, Mike, but I mean, he may also reconsider being that this guy has kind of told us bald-faced lies before. That's true. And if the money's talking, he may come back. If the money's talking, he may come back, but I think that he needs to move on and do something else. I mean, like, like up to uh, up to the point of tra- the Transformers films, Michael Bay was known for stuff like Bad Boys, Armageddon, uh, you know, stuff like that, and uh, Pearl Harbor and all that. And while all those are great in, in, in their own parts, he just he needs to go back to making individual films for himself, and he needs to step off the franchise. The question is, and we can speculate on this at a later date, but if there was to be not really a trans, I don't know if they would do a Transformers 4 or whatever, but I mean, you know, of who could pick up the reins as far as taking over and maybe telling a different story in a different movie. Yeah. Um, but uh, let's talk about Shockwave. Uh, first of all, uh, me being the G1 fanboy that I am, Shockwave always... Was a bigger gun than Megatron. <laughs> um, yes. And second of all, Shockwave has always been, at least to my knowledge, yes, in the G1 cartoon he was a bit of a wimp, but in the comics and also in Transformers Animated, he was this just plain out psychopath. Well, so I I kind of see where they're going with this. Obviously, we can't speculate too much on it because we haven't actually seen you know what what the role he plays. I just hope that Shockwave, even though supposedly he's supposed to be the big bad villain uh, of this one, I'm hoping that he doesn't try to overthrow Megatron because I don't because that that was the main problem I had with Revenge of the Fallen. You do not get you do not make Megatron a servant of anyone. Yeah, well, Megatron is not the bitch. Well, this is the number one thing that they have to do with Shockwave in order for me to like the Shockwave character. I'm fine with him being this big badass and being vicious and everything, but he's got to cap. They got to capture that kind of like that calculating, like mm-hmm. logical thinker. You know what I mean? That like yeah. almost I don't know how to describe it, but that type of, of of character personality that he had. It was almost like he was he's almost like Soundwave, but in a different way. Like he's more. I don't know, like, step by step, but he ha- he just has this weird, like, logic circuit type, I don't know, I, cold and calculating is the best way I can describe it, but he has to have that little essence of his character. He can't just be a crazy psychopath, because he was never crazy in the cartoon or any, anywhere else. I mean, crazy, like, as a bad guy, crazy, yes, but he wasn't, like, he wouldn't do, like, illogical things or just, like, stuff without thinking. Oh, yeah. Everything he did yeah. was thought out. Oh, very much so. So as long as I get that, I'll be happy with him. 
Yes, I, I definitely hope that they keep some of the traits, that it wouldn't be the same otherwise. Yeah. And uh, I guess the other thing that we didn't mention about um, Dark of the Moon was the whole uh, st- the stuff that Peter Cullen revealed as far as who was going to show up in the movie. Did you guys see that? With uh, yeah. Buzz, Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong? Yeah. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Again... It depends on what they. It depends on how the story of Dark of the Moon is going to go. Like I have said, I said it in the past uh, episode one of of two point of ATTF, and I said it back in episode fifty eight of the original ATTF. It depends on how they're going to tell this story. If they're going to tell the story of being in line with the space race as a prequel to the events that had already happened in Revenge of the Fallen, I'm fine with it. But I, I just I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's nice because they are working around the space race stuff that they actually get NASA astronauts. Yeah, the first time I saw that preview that showed them being on the moon or whatever and kind of doing that whole like moon landing footage and like working in like almost historical footage and then having Transformers be there, I thought that was kind of cool. But again, yeah, it depends I, on how I they do, do think it. That is neat. Yeah, I mean, but it could be done wrong and it could be done right, but I liked the idea of doing that. So we'll see how they pull it off or don't pull it off. I, I honestly think that they're going to do a good job with this film. Uh, I, know, I know normally people look to us to be the uh, the pessimists of the uh, <laughs> uh, of the show, but uh, it, I, it, it definitely leaves me wanting to see it. And I, I definitely want to see it. Uh, yeah. Uh, Especially when you get to uh, the other stuff that Peter Cullen also brought up, uh, saying it's going back to relying on the strengths of the character and expressing those. The writing is consistent with that of the original series, though in this new version, as in the movies, he has a lot more communication with Earthlings, so he tries to be a little more Earth-like, but 99%, I would say, is like the original Optimus. Right, and I mean, the whole thing about the movies is, you know, everybody bitches and complains, even I do, about Revenge of the Fallen, and how it isn't that great of a movie, and it and honestly isn't, because they kind of fumbled the ball there, but it's not the worst movie ever. No. I, I know a lot of people think that it is, and, I, and you know, I, I've even said that it is one of the worst, it's probably one of the worst movies ever, but it's not, like, totally unwatchable. Um, I still like it. Yeah, no, and then then it's fine. I mean, people can like it if they want to. There there are certain parts I absolutely love about that movie. Um, Hello, Three Stooges moment in the temple. That was awesome. Uh, Anyway. um, (laughs) I like it for what it is, but I I don't like how they kind of glossed over the characteristics of the characters. Exactly. And again, that goes back to maybe they should have waited till 2010 or 2011 to make Revenge of the Fallen. I know the whole point of movies and sequels is one to three years after hit the hard, original. Hit fast. Huh? Hit them hard, hit them fast. Yeah, exactly. But the thing of it is, is if you're having a writer's strike and you don't have good writers doing you shouldn't it, do it, you shouldn't fucking do it. It's, it's that simple. You just shouldn't. Um, I'm excited for Dark of the Moon. I don't know if it's... I mean, I've seen both of the Transformers live-action films in theaters. I don't know if I will. This one, it's not because of the actual movie. It's I've gone over this before. It's because of me getting to a theater with actual seats that fit fat people. <laughs> anyway, um, but I, I, I am excited for it. Um, 
it along with some of the other superhero movies that have come out over the last few years are probably the only movies I've seen in theaters with the exception of uh, Tron Legacy. Um, cause everything else I can just wait for DVD, but I, you know, I'm excited for it. I just, I want to see more. I, I just, I, I feel gypped that we only saw that, you know, I get that teasers are supposed to be teasers and they're not, I mean, hell, honestly, if you think about it, Michael Bay has got this teaser thing down. Show a little clip saying his name, show whatever he's going to show and then show some robot transform and then logo. That's a teaser. Whereas most other teasers show you, like, the first five minutes of the damn movie. True. You know, but I just, I, I, I need to see more because I, would, I really want to see more of it. I would rather have a shorter teaser, though, than a teaser that gives you all the good parts. Exactly. <laughs> so, it is and, and that's what he's accomplished with all the films, though. He, he gives us nothing. Right. <laughs> exactly. I mean, we're just like, huh? <laughs> I mean, the whole time we're just like, "What? Uh, what the hell are we watching?" <laughs> yes. But, uh, yeah. Uh, I think we'll move on to TF Prime news now. Yes. Uh, that always makes because, me happy. <laughs> yes. This, this is definitely a, a much brighter zone to be in. Um, we we have the TF Prime episode six release today. Or yes. actually, yesterday. It aired but, yesterday, but it's on YouTube today. Yes, for five days only. Or you can get it at <laughs> PredaconEmpire.com. Uh, yes. Till I get a cease and desist. <laughs> and then so everybody that hasn't else. seen it, go out there and watch it quick before it's gone. Yeah. If not, it'll be on PredaconEmpire.com. Yes. Or if you're it's like already me, there for download. Just check your DVR. Yes. <laughs> yes. Do that, too. That's, that's probably better. It's more legal. <laughs> and you can have it longer. That's true. Um, we're not going to really get too much into the actual episode six. I think we need to focus more on like some of the other news items of it. Um, but yes, episode six did premiere and I'm really liking it so far. Um, and we'll get to more of the actual discussion later. Uh, um, let's see. Apparently there was the episode 10 title revealed. Yeah. It's called, uh, Deus Ex Machina. Yeah, it's Deus Ex Machina, yeah. <laughs> I like to say it that way better, though. Uh, God by Machine. Yeah, God from Machine or God by Machine. Yes. So it doesn't really reveal much, as none of the titles have so far, basically, except for some of the descriptions have, but there's no description yet on that one, and I cannot get it yet on my DVR. Um, I can only get the description for Episode 7. I haven't been able to get 8 or 9 yet. So. Well, it's funny you mention Eight or nine. You might also notice that the title of the ninth episode, Convoy, also has a very brief single-sentence description summing up the main plot. Uh, assisting Agent Fowler transporting an implosion device. The only thing is, all the all the descriptions that they've revealed online in the past mm-hmm. have been not very revealing, and the re- descriptions I get on my DVR somehow are always more revealing. I don't get yeah. it. It's probably well, again, they're going off of TFW is going off of MSN. I mean, it's it's yeah. friggin' MSN for and crap. Yeah. yeah, mine always actually names the characters and whatnot that are yeah. gonna be in it. Yeah. Although it did mess up because in the episode seven one, it says uh, for next week, it says uh, instead of Bumblebee, it says it just says Bumble. Oh, so <laughs> it's like, uh, <laughs> but it does mention a uh, a new character which most people have already known about since it was revealed a little while ago, but uh, next week we get Wheeljack. 
Yeah, very cool. Sweet. I just, I'm wondering how they're going to work Wheeljack in with his personality compared to Ratchet. Yeah, it should be interesting. I'm hoping yeah, that... And we'll, and we'll talk about Ratchet's personality a little bit more later on in the episode with the discussion, because holy crap. Yeah, <laughs> you go from, uh, from doctor to mad scientist. Uh... <laughs> yeah, hopefully Wheeljack is like... Maybe they'll play Wheeljack as a little bit of a cooler scientist, mm-hmm. in a way. I don't know. Like a more down to... down like. I don't know, in tune with society or something. I don't know. But yes. there's a few other items of prime news. Um, LeVar Burton is supposed to be jazzed. Did we talk about that last episode? I think we noticed it on the wiki last time. Or, yeah. or not wiki, I think it was IMDb and wiki. But uh, It is on both of those. I'm still not 100% convinced that that's accurate. But hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I tried getting LeVar Burton to respond to me on Twitter, and I guess that's an impossible thing to do. Yeah. Unless he, he acknowledges you exist, I think it's pretty much no. Yeah. Because I've tried a couple different times to make comments to him, and it's like nothing. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't mind it. I, I, I And as much as I know some people are kind of t- uh, uh, Tony Thrussell, uh, one of the RFC fanboys, um, I know he's kind of turned off about Prime because it's, it's too movie-esque still for him. I almost wouldn't mind if they brought in Darius McCrary as Jazz or maybe even Phil Lamar. Uh, Darius McCrary, for those who don't know, was Eddie on Family Matters, and he voiced Jazz in the movies. Yeah. See, I I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying the, anything bad yeah. against the guy, but I I just I, I wasn't that impressed with the role altogether. Anyway, the portrayal, voicing, and nothing. Well, again, it would depend. Like like I said, I mean, it, it it's obviously going to depend on what the writers write for the character of Jazz in the cartoon. But I mean, I I liked the voice of Jazz, just the voice that he used. I mean, yeah, he had cheesy lines and he got ripped apart by Megatron. But <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. I I kind of dug it. But again, I could also dig a a a Phil Lamar version. But again, we don't know. You know, yes, there's rumors that LeVar Burton are, are, is going to be jazz, but we don't actually know. Yeah, so we'll, we'll have to wait and see. And like I said, he hasn't been mentioned in any of the episode descriptions so far, so we'll see when he shows up. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention about uh, Transformers Prime is that uh, it came out this last week that there will be a second season unless things like somehow crash and burn or there's some type of crazy event or something like that but Mm. it says that it got picked up for a second season of 26 episodes and it also confirmed that the 26 episodes of season one yeah that 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 those five uh 
episodes that came out earlier are part of that. Oh, sweet. So, well, just meaning that yesterday's episode was not the first of the 26. It was the sixth of the 26. So uh, we only have 20 more for, for season one, and then there will be 26 in season two for a total of 52 episodes. And, you know, that's all we know so far. But I just think it's cool that they're already they, – that means they must have had enough ratings in those five episodes that premiered back in November that they thought it was worth picking up for a second season. So I don't know. I always like it when shows get picked up for a second season. Funny thing about that is is that when we interviewed Bob Skeer, he mentioned something about he heard – Rumors that they were going to have a second season. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, 52 so, episodes is a, is a lot of time to tell a story, and since this is a continuity yeah. type, uh, this isn't like G1, you know, this isn't like a one, you <laughs> know, I know there was some some vague continuity in some episodes or over the course of the entire G1 thing, but basically they're just one, you know, one-offs. And since this is a continuity-based show, you know, I'm glad it's not limited to 26 episodes because they would have to fly through. So giving them 52 episodes really should give them enough time to, to really delve into some of these characters. Right. Yes. And, and I can honestly say that I think it's cool that there's 26 episodes per season. Yep. Because uh, it's, it, it's more along the lines of, well, actually between the two seasons, it'll have as many episodes as Beast Wars altogether. Yeah, which is about enough time to tell a good story. Mm-hmm. And enough time to change their bodies should they need to. <laughs> and get new toys. There we go. Uh, next up on the gathering plate here is uh, the, well, it's the official release from uh, Shout Factory's DVD producer, Brian Ward. Makes it pretty damn clear that Transformers Beast Wars is going to have a new release. Yeah, he made two different tweets that were instantly on every Transformer site as well as TV shows on DVD. I freaking told you, Steve. I know, I know. You told I me told this, you, you I told you. I told you. You're like, you're like, well, Hasbro did, you know, acquire all the right stuff again and with TFG1 coming out by Shout, Beast Wars shouldn't be too far to follow. Exactly, because I believe that Hasbro has has License the rights out to Shout Factory to be their distributor as far as getting Transformers stuff on DVD. Yeah, um, I thought there was a couple more interesting tweets made by him that aren't that weren't included in that initial one. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, "As I did with the G1 set, I'm going to throw out the call for commercials, convention footage, etc. from fans. What you got, gang?" Um, which oh, I remember. We on the so show. need to link him to those <laughs> Beast Wars things on D- on uh, on YouTube. Well, I just I just know that you know when we had the G1, there was people from TFW, the boards that got into the special features that you know right. got to take a part in that. That's cool. Here's the most interesting thing for me though. Um, he says it's a little early for us to discuss packaging, though I can say that because we're examining the Transformers franchise as a whole and potentially giving it a line look, we may be investigating ways to combine several different incarnations i.e. G1, Beast Wars, and <clears throat> more into a complementary line. I don't know exactly what that means, <laughs> but uh, I like it. <laughs> if they dare put the Armada trilogy in there, <laughs> I will shoot them in the face. I think that's what, I think the Ahem was uh, a nod to his other tweets about, does anyone speak Japanese? 
which yeah. was a reference to obviously Armada, Energon, and Cybertron. No, 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 no. Which was a reference to one of two things. Oh. It was either Transformers Victory, Headmasters, and whatever else that was. Master Force and Master. Zone. Yeah. Or here's an idea: since it's since he's tweeting this at the same time as he's tweeting Beast Wars and Beast Machines, could it be yeah. Beast Wars Two and Beast Wars Neo? Hmm, that would be interesting. I would be interested to see those in America, honestly. If we could get that in American audio. Yeah. And I'm just saying freaking retarded like Red or any of those, I would be up for it. I'm just saying everyone's assuming that it's Headmasters and Victory and all and, and Master Force or whatever. I wouldn't be surprised if it's actually Beast Wars Neo and Beast Wars Two because that would be the reason why he would need you know, why you would say does someone speak Japanese? The other ones have been dubbed in English. Yeah. So either way, it'd be cool to have them on DVD because those are hard to find. Yeah, the one thing that I I really would like to see, and I know Steve would like to see this as well. Um, well, I don't know what part of it he would like to see. But my point is, I, I I don't know whether they're. I'm sure they're going to do volume sets, obviously, because that's what Shout Factory does is volume sets. But I'm hoping that they do a complete series set. But my hope for a complete series set is the entire U.S. Beast era. Beast Wars and Beast Machines in one set. I, that'd be cool if they did that, but I can't see them doing it. I, know. I honestly cannot see them doing that either, and that's only because uh, they'd want to be able to market them separately, being that they were technically two different shows. Yeah. I, Brian, the thing that's going to sell this to me, like all the Shout stuff, is the special features. Oh, yeah. Like, and give me some good interviews with the voice actors. Give me some behind-the-scenes stuff. And Brian Ward usually does a pretty good job with that stuff because he's a fanboy, too. Yeah, exactly. Um, my thing about the, the Rhino sets are, other than the Season 3 set, there are no special features for the most part. I mean, right. you've got little animation tests, but you really don't have anything. I mean, you've got that little... Uh, Animatic of Nemesis Part 2, and then you've got the part where uh, they show Primal shoving the original Megatron spark back in the body. Yeah. Well, Season 1 had the interviews with Larry and uh, and Bob. And, and I do think that they should be able to still carry those over, or at least do updated ones, but at the same time, I'd like to see more than what we got. Like, True. scenes... Granted, I I believe I believe Rhino did those as well. Yes. Uh, but they did they they did a lot better with that ser- that series than they did with uh, Beast, Beast Wars. Wars. Yeah. Beast Wars kind of got shafted. The thing about the Beast Wars features, I, I I can't be for certain. Obviously, I don't know what what Shot Factory has planned. I don't know what Brian has planned for it, but I think that they're either going to get all new features. Or they're they're gonna find a way to get all new features because they even said back when they were putting G1 together that they were not gonna carry over any special features from the Rhino DVDs whatsoever. They were gonna get their own features. So I'm betting that you're probably not gonna get get to see the Larry and Bob interview from season one of Beast Wars that is on that set on the, on the Shout Factory version. If they get a new interview with them, that would be awesome. Um, from, but I highly doubt they're going to get anything out of Bob for the yeah. fact that Hasbro's burned him too many times. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, there there is that. Uh, you know, only time will tell. I'm sure that um, that you know we'll find out more as it goes along. Uh, do we have any other final thoughts on the Shop Factory news? Just that I think it's exciting, and I'm waiting to see exactly what what we get out of that. Yes, yeah. I, I can't wait to see the menu system, the special features, uh, and the you know, possibly interviews and just the box art. Yeah. Oh, yeah. need to see. Yes. I will buy this in whatever form I have to. If I find out that, I mean, I'll wait on the initial volume release or season release, but if I find out that they are uh, doing a complete series, I'm waiting and getting that. (laughs) Yes. Uh, the next bit of miscellaneous news we have is Alex Irvine was interviewed by someone about Transformers Exodus 2 is coming. Uh, War for Cybertron 2 is coming next year, says Hasbro. Meanwhile, behind the scenes, Alex Irvine, the author of Transformers Exodus, prequel novel 2, War for Cybertron, is currently working on Transformers Exodus 2. Although the official title of the book is still a mystery, it is said that the title will contain the word Prime. Unicron.com had the privilege of interviewing Mr. Irvine, and he had this to say, I don't want to say too much about it yet, but it does pick up where Exodus left off, and the readers of this book will learn some stuff about the 13, and the book stays focused on Optimus and Megatron mostly. I have an idea for the book about the 13, maybe someday. Um, I'm really excited about this news, because I love that book. That... I'm, I, I like the War for Cybertron game, but I'm sorry, the book told a much better story. And I, the, I, I'm going to try not to lose my cool here. Uh-oh. But can all the fucktards on the TF boards, especially TFW 2005, stop with your lame, ignorant nonsense about the book Exodus? I am so freaking sick of it. I don't know if anyone saw my tweets recently, but... Ah. <laughs> what? What are, the, what are they saying all, about the book? First of all, it was, uh, well, in the reaction to episode six of TF Prime, and I know we're not, I'm not going to get into it because that's for a little bit later, but someone said, oh, Megatron and Optimus have a history? Like, they were once friends? I'm like, did you not read the book? And they're like, uh, I'd hardly waste my time with something like that since it's not canon. And I'm like... It's it's really? a new universe. Well, but Hasbro Hasbro themselves have said that they worked closely with the author, and that is it is a canon, a story that belongs in the Transformers canon. They have said they have claimed it as official Transformers work. This isn't some fanboy writing a book because he likes Transformers. This is canon, folks. And the other thing they said is. People keep refusing to believe that this, War for Cybertron, and Prime are all the same continuity family. These three things are intertwined. Are there maybe minor, you know, contradictions and and maybe some issues that don't match up between the three? Maybe, but they're all three the same universe. They're all three tied in together. That's painfully obvious. They're Dark Energon, and you know what I mean? There's like, ah, people are so stupid. I'm sorry. See, I haven't even read the book, and... With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I, I do want to. I just haven't had the chance to go out and buy it yet. Um, but I do know that when I do get it, I'm going to enjoy it because I enjoyed War for Cybertron and I enjoy TF Prime. And you can clearly tell, like you're saying, with everything in between that this is its own universe and they're tying every new thing into this universe. Right. They're trying this to create is what they're like going a, with. Yeah, they're trying to create a new G1 and essentially, you know, in this new era that will, you know, get people uh, reinterested in the franchise and it's got enough fan wink in it from all the different series that it just kind of pulls you back in and right. instead of just having random shows like Rid and uh, the Armada trilogy, and then animated. This one actually, it starts its own franchise in the Exodus and War for Cybertron, and it continues on there. Yeah, it's just I don't know the, the whoever was posting that stuff just, was just bugging me because yeah, he says why bother reading Exodus? It's hardly canon, and then I like this is from Hasbro. They say telling one of the most important stories in the Transformers canon, this novel explores and expands upon the original, or the origins of the supervillain Megatron and his relationship to Optimus Prime, etc. It was developed in close partnership with Hasbro. This is a canonical Transformers tale. So how can you argue with that? Like, that's Hasbro saying that. And and, and the point of it is, is I, know, I, I cannot speak for the G1 Marvel comics. I've never read those. I've maybe only read one of them, but as far as strictly staying in other media like cartoons, the only thing we have ever gotten from Optimus and Megatron's past was War Dawn in G1, where Megatron cut off Orion Pax's arm. <laughs> well, well and this, you, you actually bring up a great point, though. This is, if you think Exodus is not canon and not continuity, so it's not worth even reading or doing anything with, that's like saying that the, the Marvel comics were pointless to read. Right, exactly. They were they were canon. They're from the same company that was doing the show. Are there yep. contradictions between the comics and the sure. G1 cartoon? Absolutely, but they're yeah. the same continuity, and they're both canon. Exactly. And, and the thing about Exodus is, yes, it was a book tie-in for the first release of the game, but it also is continuity telling a story of the beginnings of the war. While, yes, G1's episode of War Dawn, which was written brilliantly by David Wise, did that as well, it, they didn't tell that story in Exodus. They told the beginning of right. of how this all happened. And they are Hasbro is trying to tie it all into one continuity, which I think is good. I mean, some people don't like the fact that they're trying to tie it all into one continuity, but I like, I like that. Not just because I'm a continuity buff, just because of the fact that it makes it more easy to fall in line. Well, uh, and I love seeing stuff on the screen that reminds me of something I read. Exactly. Or- 
you know, well, 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 you know, I'm sorry to keep interrupting you, but take for example, me myself, I love DC heroes and Marvel heroes and, and all that stuff as well. But DC and Marvel, while they are the two biggest comic book companies in the world, their continuities, there's so much because they're, they're, they've been going on since, you know, 1930s. There's so much there and there's so much retconning done. I'm glad that Hasbro is deciding to do one giant continuity with Transformers. And the thing about Exodus is, Exodus has a lot of of callbacks they you know one of the comments on um on the on, on, on the exodus news post was uh chris mcfeely replied to somebody about complaining about six the the uh, six lasers over cybertron <laughs> comment in the book or you know the fact that's the location on cybertron and chris mcfeely said that oh well that's a that's a nod to beast wars you know and that's a good thing because they're 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 tying everything together um yeah. I, I just, you know, t- t- why should you read the book so you don't make stupid comments about, like, oh, Optimus Prime and Megatron have a history? Well, you should know that already if you're a Transformers fan. Exactly. Moron. Steve, do you have any thoughts on the book uh, other than what you've kind of already said? We've kind of. I, I just, I have to agree with Kevin. I, yeah. It, it just, to me, it's, it's, it's stupid if you're making comments like that. You should already know. I mean, I, I haven't even read the damn book, and I've heard enough to know right. that. You know, the, the relationship, they even insinuate that in the movies that Prime and Megatron have a history. So, it's just, uh, people are stupid. Oh my I God. think what probably people have a problem with is the fact that they constantly go back to that Optimus and Megatron, were, like, the specific part of the book is, in the beginning, Optimus, Optimus and Megatron were friends, and in the book they specifically say they were brothers, um, and they also say that in uh, Transformers Prime, well, they don't directly say they're brothers, but they say in Transformers Prime that, you know, Megatron wasn't always like this, he he, he was, you know, before he chose to be a Decepticon, this, that, and the other thing. And I, I, I think that's something that people, most people don't like. But then again, you know, no offense to any of the TFW staff members, no offense to Tony Bacala, anybody that has to do with TFW that's a sane person, I'm sorry. Half the people on your fucking boards are morons. I think half the Transformer fandom are morons. And and I love the fact that every time you you call one of them out, they don't respond. They just disappear. Well, it's funny because <laughs> TFW, and I know we're going off on a tangent, TFW a few weeks ago had uh, their Twitter bro- was broken. Their, their link shortener on Twitter was broken. And apparently they have automatic tweets set up, kind of like what we used to do with GeekCast Radio as far as releasing the episodes. Thank God that's been turned off. Well, um, that's been turned off because I had to change the. Uh, right. No, I'm I'm glad it's turned off because that way I can make the I can just make the posts from the fan page. Um, but the same thing, TFW and a lot of these other websites have automatic stuff, and I kept typing to TFW like once a day. Your link shortener is broken. Your link shortener is broken. Why can't you fix your link shortener? It's broken. Get a new link shortener. And like a week after I sent all those tweets to at TFW2005. Whoever, I, I don't know if it's Tony or whoever is in charge of the Twitter feed for them. Oh, well, I guess because we have a robot working on our, our, our Twitter, uh, we didn't realize it was broken. <laughs> Morons. Uh, <laughs> Why would they not check that? <laughs> That's not important. We, uh, Apparently not. 
Oh, my God. Anyways, we're getting off track. Yeah, let's head into some toy news. Uh, who wants to take the first uh, toy news story of the uh, uh, the New York Toy Fair stuff? You do. No, I don't. I guess I'll do it. <laughs> uh, TFW coverage, and as well as like uh, a bunch of other Transformer sites, um, just them being one of them, uh, they covered the Hasbro New York Toy Fair 2011 investor event. Yes, that is a mouthful. <laughs> In any case, um, they got to find out about uh, Transformers Dark of the Moon, uh, Optimus Prime renders, uh, and these are just some random highlights. Uh, the Transformers Rescue Bots, whatever the hell those are. Uh, Dark of the Moon Ultimate Optimus Prime official image, which means probably Optimus Prime plus trailer equals Optimus with wings. Oh, you haven't seen that? Yes, well, I, I saw it in the trailer, and I saw the toy, but that's that's going to be one of the articles the anyway yeah. that I have in here. So, I mean, we can talk about that now, the, the Jetwing Optimus Prime. Oh, my God. Hello, Iron Butterfly. <laughs> yeah. Float like a butterfly. Sting like a butterfly. <laughs> my name is Butterfly Prime. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Uh, I... I don't know. I mean, I guess it's just a gimmick to sell the same damn toy again, but... That's all uh, the movie Optimus is. They just constantly change it, and it's a gimmick. Well, they add one more feature, yeah. so you have to have that version of the damn toy. <laughs> um, that makes me glad that I never bought one. So, uh, it, it looks cool. I mean, I'm not going to deny that, but I, I still am not going to get it. Um, yeah, no. As we said in the last episode, the only toy at this point right now, the only other movie line toy I want is Shockwave. I I would have said that until the next news story came out with pictures of Sentinel Prime. Of Sentinel? Why don't you talk about that? Holy crab balls. Um, well, they actually came out with three different pictures. Uh, it was Entertainment Weekly revealed uh, official toy images of Transformer Dark of the Moon leader class Sentinel Prime. Um, Dark of the Moon that smashed Hulk that serves as Sentinel Prime's living tomb is the updated version of... Oh, okay. Now, um, there was three figures. One, they gave us pictures of Sentinel Prime, who, I'm sorry, that dude looks like a badass. He does. Oh, yeah. His shield is awesome. That looks like, like Vector Prime from uh, Cybertron. Almost. Yeah. Like, I'm not necessarily huge on his, like, whatever he's holding in his weapon in his one hand, necessarily, but his Lights. face... His face mold and his shield are absolutely awesome. And I don't know exactly what's going on on the top of his vehicle mode, <laughs> but uh, I'll wait until I see it. But just the robot mode looks incredible. I think that's like a, a placement for the shield. Yeah, it looks like there's like a lot yeah. of different blades coming out of the top of his car <laughs> mode. My guess is because the, the Dark of the Moon toys have that new gimmick of having a weapon on top. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just my guess, is that they're just putting it there as a way to have Robo-Kibble and get away with it. Well, the thing is, this one's a Voyager uh, class, which is not part of the one that's supposed to have that gimmick. But they did give us a picture of the Mech-Tech. Remember, we talked about that last episode. Yeah. They did post a picture of Mech-Tech Megatron Voyager. Yeah. I, gotta, I, I, don't, I'm, I half want to like this guy and half want to not like him. He looks like some type of like superhero with like um like Obi Wan Kenobi cape on with a, like a hood, and 
Are you, have you guys seen the pictures for this one? Of, of the new Megatron, where he's got the shattered face underneath the hood. and Yeah, yeah the hood and the, the sleeve down his arm type thing. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I can see where you want to like it, because the vehicle mode and the robot mode look kind of cool. He looks kind of like some kind of a, uh, a, a warrior type. that's hiding himself, but he also leaves not much to be desired. Yeah, I'm torn on this one. Yeah, because he's got the face of Megatron underneath. You can clearly see, but what it'll of- depend on is what he looks like if you don't if if you can remove the hood and the cape and what he looks like underneath. Yeah. My guess is they'll probably have two versions. They'll have Megatron fucked up, and they'll have Megatron like the you know which is this, and then they'll have Megatron normal. Yeah, the interesting one though is the third picture they revealed, which this is the first time this has ever happened, right? That it, Transformers Autobot Arc. Yeah, that's the first time they've ever released a toy of the Ark. And it doesn't remind me of the Ark by looking at the picture, but I want to see what size this thing is. I I don't know, man. That that the Ark looks I don't know, I might actually get the Ark. No, I mean it looks good and it's never been done before. It doesn't necessarily like remind me of like the G1 Ark per se. But it looks good for what it is. I mean, it, it looks good nice for what it is, company. but what size is this going to be compared to the figures? Because hmm. there's no way they could make it big enough. Yeah. Scale-wise. <laughs> it's not like you could put an actual figure inside that. True. So I don't know. I don't know how small it's going to be, but I, mean, I think it's cool that they finally came up with the idea of actually putting out a toy. Why have they never done this before? Yeah. Um... So that was the the Dark of the Moon reveal toys. I don't know if someone else wants to pick up some other toy news. Yeah, I'm gonna pick up some stuff. I'm just gonna not even. I'm just gonna mention in passing that unlicensed third party crap BTS 04 Soundwave prototype images have have surfaced. Uh, he looks like a micro recorder. <laughs> That's what he reminds me of. One of the old micro recorders, and um, it's third party. Uh, while most third-party stuff, I I'm not against. I just I could care less for this. It doesn't remind me of Soundwave at all. Um, in in the painted stuff. concept, it does look right. In the drawing, it does look Soundwave to me, like a nice update to it. Right. Uh, and it gives him a new transformation and leaves most of his robot mode exactly the same, and it fits his original cassettes. Yeah. So it is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, that, that could mean that we could end up with a better... Uh, more sturdy uh, robot compared to the classic figure. True. I I guess I, I kind of disagree because I think that the uh, the 
the classic G1 sound wave, especially with the reissue at uh, SDCC in 2009. Um, it's it it stands the test of time, and I would much rather prefer a G1 sound wave than crappy third party shit. Yeah. Um. So moving into Botcon 2011. Uh, over the last few weeks, they've revealed different. Uh, they've revealed three so far of the five figure set for the 2011 uh, Stunticon Transformers animated figures. Uh, they actually, uh, Botcon's Twitter had said, um, "We're, we're going to leave it up to the fans. Put a fan vote on your website, either uh, Dragstrip or um, Wild Rider were the choices, and Dragstrip won the uh, reveal." Um, now, Dragstrip, they've gender-bended her because they're using the RC an- uh, mold from Animated, so Dragstrip is now a female. Um, I cannot believe the people that... Um, I, I just cannot believe the people on TFW go, and I'm, I'm sorry that this is turning into a TFW bash, hmm. but if you look in the, 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 there's one of the threads, I'll have to bring it up later. Um, but there was a thread about drag strip and there are just so many people making so many inappropriate jokes about the fact that they, that they changed the gender on, on the drag strip character. First of all, my point, I made a point to somebody on, on Twitter about, about drag strip. First of all, yes, drag strip in G1, they're all males. Fine, whatever. Uh, animated, you have to go by what molds you have. That's, yeah. I mean, that's the whole point of BotCon. They have to go by what molds they have available to them. Animated changed red alert from a male to a female in the cartoon. I don't mind that they made Dragstrip a female. It would kind of be weird if Dragstrip was a male with the RC molded body. So I, I don't mind this, but it was like all these really, really bad, inappropriate jokes, and it just it pissed a lot of people off because a lot of people on TFW is like, holy crap, give me a break. Yeah. I mean, like I really, really wrong, twisted jokes. Gotcha. I haven't checked that out because I kind of avoid most of the toy discussion, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just can't get excited about these BotCon figures. I know you like animated, which is fine, and I'm not against you liking animated. And I, <laughs> yes, you it, are. Don't lie. <laughs> no, I'm fine with you liking animated, and you know that's something good for all the animated fans to have more figures. Yeah. But I, 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 it's just hard for me to form an opinion since I, I don't necessarily like or dislike the character since I haven't seen them yet. Yeah. So when the toys come out, it just doesn't affect me as much. Now, um. They look, as far as like knowing what the other animated figures look like, they look like they're somewhat in tune with that. You know, yeah. different paints, obviously, and a few different things here and there. But I mean, I don't know. It, lo- it looks fine. Yeah, they've released, like I said, they've released um, Dead End, which is a repaint of the Jazz Mold, which we talked about last time. They've released Breakdown, which Breakdown. This is his fourth Botcon appearance, and Breakdown is the Rodimus Minor Mold with a new head. Uh, and, and obviously different paint scheme. It looks good for what it is. Um, I like what it. What role does uh, does your friend there play in, in all these figures? Because I always notice you having tweets with him. Uh, Derek Wyatt. What, oh, what? Derek? He's uh, he's He drew up the designs for these. Okay. Um, he's I, I don't know exactly how in, how much involved he is, but 
Um, I've seen Botcon post um, on their on their TwitPic uh, his character draw ups of of the Botcon figures, his animated models. Okay. Of them, so he's he's designing the animation models for them to go by for the figures. Very cool. Um, as far as breakdown goes, uh, it is a. A G1-esque head, I believe, that they're using for a new head mold, but it is the Rodimus body. It looks good. I like how they're going by the the G1 colors a lot. Like, Dead End is the maroon, kind of like what he was in G1. Mm-hmm. And obviously the, the drag strip is yellow, um, yellow and reddish maroon around her. Um, but just, I don't know, they, they just, they look really, really, really awesome, I think. Yeah. And I cannot uh, wait to see. I'm sorry to cut you off. This is the last thing I'll say. I cannot wait to see because Botcon on their Twitter specifically said that Motormaster will be last, and there's been a lot of speculation whether he's going to be a Voyager Optimus Prime repaint or. I think I don't think they'll do this, but I'm 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 kind of in the back of my mind. I'm kind of wondering what a repainted leader class Ultra Magnus would look like as Motormaster. I don't think they will do that because I don't think the Botcon set is big enough. I don't I don't think they put leader class figures in their sets. Right. Uh, so I'm assuming it would be the Voyager of of the animated Optimus Prime figure. Right. But yeah, I just it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. It won't it won't it won't be something I want to buy, but it'll be interesting <laughs> to see. Um the the last piece of toy news that we have is finally we got some pictures of Transformers Prime toys. So for everybody that was convinced that there was going to be no toys, yes, you're just part of the moron fandom. Um, but uh, revealed at Toy Fair and uh, coming to us via Ain't It Cool News, um, they have pictures of both Optimus Prime, Megatron, and the three humans. Let's start with the three humans. <laughs> actually going to give us figures of the humans, which I believe has never been done before. Um, third-party stuff has done humans. But we've never had an official human figure of any line, have we? Right. Exactly. Yeah. You're correct, sir. Um, I, it, they're fine. They, they look like those, uh, they, they remind me of those things that you used to get in, like, cereal boxes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just those, like, molded plastic, like, uh... Yeah. <laughs> but, I don't know. I think it's cool. I'm not gonna buy them, but... You know, it's all cool. Like, if you want to have human figures of the Transformers Prime humans, that'll be cool for the younger crowd and and maybe like diehard collectors. I will pass, but I'm not against it. Um, what do you think about the humans, Mike? I like them. It's probably not something I'd buy because I'm not really buying a whole lot of toys these days anyway. But right. I mean, I like that they're there, and I wonder. And I honestly don't think these are these pictures. I think they're just designs like character designs. I don't think this is what the actual figure will look like as oh, far okay. as the toys. I, I don't know. I, 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 well, you know how Hasbro will show like prototype images. Yeah. I think these are just like a cartoon design prototype. I they don't almost look real though. I know. But what I'm saying is what, what I'm wondering is when they release like, I, I don't think there's been a reveal of a, of a bulkhead figure yet for prime, but I know there's been a reveal of Bumblebee so what I'm wondering is, are they going to fit it in with the along the same lines as the Human Alliance little minifigures that actually can fit inside the Human Alliance vehicles? Yeah. Steve, because, do you have any thoughts on the human figures? Um, I just kind of wish... I mean, I, granted, I don't get much into the, the humans, and they are extremely show-accurate. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I just wish that they weren't so, I don't know, statuesque. I wish yeah. they were kind of more poseable so that they yeah, actually they have look- a a realistic use uh, when you have the figures or the uh, Transformers with them. Yeah. Do you know what it wants me, though? It makes me want it makes me want to for them to go back now, maybe like a future BotCon exclusive or something, give us the humans from G1. <laughs> Spike, Chip, and uh, Sparkplug. <laughs> Daniel and uh, all those guys. Like, let's see those in little poseable figures that we can put places. <laughs> like, that would be cool. Young um, Spike, old Spike. Wheelchair guy. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, chase. Um, but let's let's talk about uh, the actual Optimus Prime figure next. Um, I, <laughs> I'm a little torn on this one. I don't like it at all. I hate it. I like the gun that he's holding. Yes. And that's about it. Yeah, I have to agree with you. It looks too, I don't know, too fake, too... It looks like a bad version of the classic Optimus. It looks cheap. Actually, yeah. it looks like a remolded, repainted type of version of the War for Cybertron Optimus figure. Yeah. Because uh, if you look at the legs there, they have the same type, like in the, in the front of the leg where it has the gray part, like on his knee. That's mm-hmm. the same type of stuff that's on the, the War for Cybertron figure. Yeah, uh, it just reminds me of the of the classic one, though. And like in the, in the truck mode, the truck mode's actually better than the robot mode in this one. It's not as bad. I still don't like it. No, I don't like that truck mode at all. But, yeah, I'm a little disappointed with the Optimus figure. Before, all... yeah, you are. Yeah, it just, I don't know. So we're all in agreement that the Optimus figure is not very good? Yes. Uh, before, what? This is agreed. Uh, before Megatron has his say on Megatron, I just have to say, I wonder what they, if they're using a remold for, for the Megatron figure, because I swear his legs look just like Universe Cyclonus's legs. Well, that leg mold has been used for multiple... Okay, I was going to say, because it reminds me so much of the Universe Cyclonus mold. <laughs> the, the Megatron is absolutely the opposite of Optimus. The He's Megatron awesome. is awesome. Yes. His hand cannon is awesome. Every part of his robot mode is awesome. <laughs> and I actually am digging the vehicle. Yeah. Steve? Uh, for Megatron? Yes. Yeah, the, the Transformers yes. Prime Megatron. I would definitely agree. I, I I definitely like this figure in robot mode. Uh, nothing about it screams crap. Yeah, it, it looks very sleek. It, it has all the little uh, holes covered up just nicely. Uh, it, it's extremely show accurate. It reminds me of like a, a classics mix with uh, uh, the War for Cybertron game and uh, G1 Megatron almost. Right. Somehow his arm cannon reminds me of G1 Galvatron, which oh, is cool. A yeah. little bit it does. I would say I can't really tell. Just it looks like it's that frosted color kind of a little bit. Right. Oh, yeah, no, no. What I was going to say was it looks like they almost reversed the War for Cybertron Megatron cannon, not in the actual design of it, but the coloring, because although I can't tell if that missile is purple, it, I, it looks like they... Had purple gun and black missile, but it look it also looks like a piece of uh, purple dark energon. So I also like that is he has fingers. Yes, um, but I don't know. I, obviously, I haven't seen much for the Transformers Prime toys, and I'm not I, not in a financial situation to buy much. But I could picture this one being at least the one Transformers Prime toy I do pick up. Yeah. 
So I don't know. I'm mixed now. So we've seen Optimus and we've seen, I know we've seen a little bit of Bumblebee, but we've seen Optimus and Megatron as the main two. And one of them sucks and one of them's looking cool. <laughs> so we'll see how the rest of them do. Yes. I hope it's not a thing where all the bad characters are cool and all the good characters are crappy toys, but <laughs> I guess we'll have to wait and see. Uh, yeah. So I think that does it for the toy news. Yes. Unless anybody else has anything they want to say about toys. Nope. Uh, no, I think I think I'm done with the toys, but I do know I am going to pick this Megatron up. <laughs> oh yeah, I will. I will too eventually. This will be in my collection. No <laughs> doubts yeah. about it. So, uh, any other pieces of news we want to get out there before we move on? No, I think we're going to take a break and move on to the discussion. All Things Transformers will be back after these messages. Hey guys, it's Mike Hunt, and we here at IGN have just put together a totally cool list of the top 100 Oh my god, what's happening? I am from the Geekcast Radio Network. I have been sent from the Cartoon Gods to do away with your crappy Top 100 list and to enlist all of the other Geek Gods from across the internet. With our powers combined, we will create the most epic Top 100 list of all time and forever put you peons at IGN to shame. So go tell all the other morons at IGN to take cover because the GeekCast Radio Network's Top 100 Animated Series of All Time list is coming soon. You are listening to All Things Transformers. Maximals, maximize! Do you like retro shows? Did you grow up in either the 80s or the 90s? Then tune into Telecast, geekcastradio.com's newest podcast. Join us here on the Telecast as we revisit some of your favorite shows, such as Clarissa Explains It All, Salute Your Shorts, Saved by the Bell, and much, much more, only on GeekCastRadio.com. Quick strike, you may lead. Yeah, that's what I like to hear. Royalty, why was I not chosen? Because, Inferno, when expecting booby traps... Always send a boob in first. This is Megatron, leader of the Predacons. And if you're hearing this, it means the Beast Unleashed podcast is now over. Yes. In the Beast Unleashed, myself, Steve Megatron Phillips, Pecan Court Michael Wilson, and TFG1 Mike review. Beast Wars and Beast Machines in the very first podcast of its kind. Yes. In the podcast, we interview voice actors, writers from the show, and talk in-depth trivia between everything in between. So, if you're interested, you can tune in to the now-finished Beast Unleashed podcast over on GeekCastRadio.com. <laughs> Excellent! Yes! Now, back to the Beast Unleashed podcast. Welcome back to All Things Transformers. Uh, you've heard a couple ads before this, and now we're going to discuss the latest Transformers Prime episode. Yes. 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 Masters and, master and student. I gotta say, I got, I got home uh, Friday, and in case you're, you guys are 
not aware of the situation here. I, I do get the hub channel, whereas Steve and Mike don't. I'm not trying to say that as any good thing or a bad thing, but it's obviously a little different experience. I'm glad that it was posted on YouTube in time for you guys to watch it, but I got home on Friday already to watch it because I thought they aired uh, at 4 and 4.30 no. my time, but they air at 5 and 5.30 my time. So I actually was able to watch them all live and I actually felt like a little kid I was like I turned on the hub and I was like five or ten minutes early and I'm just like waiting I'm like oh cartoons like it's been a long time since I've sat on the couch you know excited for some new cartoons <laughs> um so I watched the episode of uh G.I. Joe Renegades which was a much better episode than the previous week and uh then I watched the, the episode of Prime and yes it's back <laughs> yes I think we need to, before we actually talk about the actual episode and what happened, need to talk about the intro scene and the music. Uh, what did we think of this, Kevin? I thought it was an improvement on what we got with the um, miniseries or whatever you want to call it back in November. Right. I still thought it, it was a little lacking. I, I liked the music. I was hoping for not necessarily singing but at least somebody saying something or or like in the in the Renegades one they redid that one also cuz the original Renegades one had no intro right um and the Renegade one now has like a voiceover like a narrator guy kind of telling the story mhm i don't necessarily say i need that but i just i don't know to me it was missing something was the music cool yes was the uh visual part of it cool yes i just i i was hoping for a little bit more but what, what about you guys? I didn't... I made a post on Twitter and Facebook that, while I, I, I like the images, the, the imagery of it, but the actual theme song, it just reminds me of a music cue from one of the movies, something that Steve Jablonski would have done for the movie versions, the, movie, yeah. the, the actual live-action films. It reminds me of that. Um, oh, I read somewhere that they were actually going to attempt to try to work in some type of, like, homage to G1 type stuff into the intro. And then, like, somebody heard this music and was like, no, this is it. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, it would have been much cool to have, I don't care, just give us some type of, like, robots in. Like, give me something. You know what would have been really cool? Yeah. I don't think they would have been able to do this, but it would have been really cool if they could have used that alternate... Uh, Stan Bush, Vince DiCola theme, where Stan and Vince sung the actual G1 theme. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, it would have been an easy place without re- without messing up your actual show or, you know, the continuity that is Prime and Exodus and War for Cybertron. The intro would have been an easy place for, for an homage to right. earlier. Whether it's G1 or Beast Wars or something, they could have given a nod to something in the intro and made it at least feel like the same type of stuff. Yeah. Steve? Yeah, I, I, I do feel that they could have had something, I don't know, with a little bit more Transformery music in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wasn't overly disappointed with it. Yeah, it was like it was like I wasn't disappointed with it, but I wasn't like jumping up I and down about it. Yeah, I wasn't blown away either, but I, I did like it. Yeah. And then, of course, we got into the regular part of the episode, which opened with... Uh, Megatron and Starscream as far as where we left off with the miniseries, and I'm surprised they didn't. I was expecting to see a uh, a little quick like mashup montage of what happened in the first five episodes, which they didn't do. 
which I'm not upset about. I was expecting it. They didn't do that, but they did give us a little glimpse of what happened to Megatron at the end of the uh, of the miniseries. Yeah. Which, you know, I guess for me it was enough because I remember the episodes enough. Um, if you were a kid, though, and that was your first thing you saw, you might have been a little lost. Yeah. So I, I was kind of surprised they didn't do, like, a previously or, you know, pre- previously seen on Transformers Prime or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. But, but what did you guys... They just don't want to waste the time on doing that. Like, a lot of shows will sometimes burn up half a show... You That's know, true. That's true. Recapping, and they're just like, no, we're going to hit the ground running and just yeah. do this. Yeah, because it's hard to... That's one thing that's hard, I think, for the... Harder for Transformers than it is on the G.I. Joe show. I think the G.I. Joe show, 20, you know, 2 minutes or 24 minutes, whatever it works out to be, is enough to tell their story, usually. There's been a few times where it's kind of been pushed, but with the Transformers, it seems like there's so much that it's almost hard to get everything into that 20-some minute segment like so I kind of understand that they needed those extra couple minutes to uh, to actually tell the story what did you guys think of the opening with uh, with Megatron and, and Starscream and the, how it kind of set up the episode Steve I, I did kind of like that that was that was definitely something different uh, it was it was nice to see them having a little bit of bickering going on between them and uh, uh, my favorite thing about it was the fact that Starscream is not being portrayed as an idiot completely. He's, and this is similar to what we saw in the book, and this is what the, one of the things I really liked about the book, and I know you haven't read it yet, Steve, but the book portrayed Starscream as someone who knew what was going on, someone who was smart enough to see a couple steps ahead, and the point I'm getting at is he realizes that he needs his army behind him, and I like the fact that he's smart enough to know that he can't just completely do away with Megatron and be, like, stupid about it. He has to do everything he's doing is calculated in a fact that he wants the army behind him, he wants the power, but he's going about it in a somewhat of a smart way. Yeah, exactly. And I like that they're not portraying him like uh, a complete moron. Well, see, the other thing is, according to this episode, according to the end of, of the five-parter, uh, Darkness Rising, Megatron got blowed up. Yeah. He got and blowed at, up real good. Yeah, and at the beginning of this episode, it's Starscream doing his whole, I'm going to take it, you know, take the Decepticons over, lead them to conquest. I'm Lord. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah, I like how they say, what is it? He says, uh, uh, Commander Stars, I mean, Lord Stars, you know, I, I, yeah. I like that, how, how they had to change it, but since, but, but it's one of those things where, yes, this Starscream is more of the calculating, scientific type of mind and strategist, whereas, you know, G1 Starscream, even though he was cool, Megatron still kicked his ass every single day. Well, and the, the nice thing about this is, with the Decepticons at least, yes, you have your drones or your Radicons or whatever the fuck we're supposed to call those guys. Mm-hmm. You know, you have those guys, which are the, the brainless, you know, like soldiers and whatnot. But so far, every single character that has been introduced as a Decepticon, there is something to them. Like, they have a yeah. deep character. They are, you know, they have motives. They have a personality. They have, like, they've done a good job as far as developing the first three as far as, even though we don't get to hear Soundwave speak, you still get that sense. Now, I, I do have to point out that a lot of people may have missed this news story. I'm uh, specifically talking to uh, Hailstorm. She missed it. I had to put it on her Facebook wall. Um, 
there was a story a few weeks ago, I think we even covered it on the last episode, where there was answers done by the creators. And for right. those people who don't like the fact that Bumblebee doesn't talk and Bumblebee's just uh, an animated R2-D2 type, and, you know, there's going to be a story behind that. So yeah. they're... They're looking ahead and doing their own stuff. Same thing with Soundwave, you know, specifically Soundwave. He will have a voice eventually. And I love what they're doing with Soundwave so far. I don't care what anybody else says. I just the only thing with Soundwave is I don't like the design. I just I like I, the I'm face. getting used to it. I, but overall, I just I don't like his design. The another thing that was surprising with this little introductory part is they actually let one of the Eraticons have some speaking lines. Yep. Which we really hadn't seen of much. Um, so I kind of like that, but so basically, yeah, you have Starscream being the, the Lord of the Decepticons at the beginning and, and taking over command, uh, Megatron's out of the picture, etc. Um, and then we move into obviously the introduction of the new character. He, he, he says he needs a warrior that can basically rally the troops and that can get everybody to be on his side. And he remembers the fact that there was this, uh, uh, Transformer that had been buried on Earth or whatnot, and we have the unveiling of Skyquake. Hi, Skyfire. <laughs> I'm Which, sorry. I'm sorry. I, I had to say that Skyfire, Jetfire, whatever you want, even though Skyquake's ultimate end at, at the, at, you know, his, his ultimate thing that happens in this episode, even though that was different compared to Skyfire in G1, I'm sorry. That's the exact same storyline for the most part, other than the fact that Starscream didn't say that they were scientists. The story is that he was a warrior buried on Earth, but right. same thing. No, and, and you know, that's another little, like, I guess, homage to G1 or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it's not a contradiction or anything because they're different continuities, so I'm fine with that part. Yeah. Um, I, just, I I loved the design of Skyquake, and I loved his voice. Skyquake was very, very cool. His voice was uh, Richard Green, um, who I'm not super familiar with, but I thought it was the perfect blend of just that deep, like, menacing voice. And the dude was huge. Oh, yeah, he was huge. He, he was over, over overbearing over the characters he had the nice voice uh he sounded like he should have been in the movie verse honestly but uh got replaced by crappy uh weaker characters well and um, see his jet mode or he his his jet parts or even in robot mode he didn't look as it wasn't as distracting as the movie jets mm-hmm. like, no it had a nice blend between the two yeah which i think it, Mostly why people don't like the movies is just because Bay had to screw it all up. If these guys would have been running the show, I mean, as far as creative detail, uh, I think we would have liked it a lot more. Well, the, the thing that we're getting with all these Prime designs so far is, yes, they have somewhat of a feel of the movie characters, because I don't think they want to alienate the, the generation of kids that they may, might have hooked with the movies. Mm-hmm. They want it all to seem the same, or at least you know they yeah. have that little blend. But they're scaling back the amount of just jagged metal edges everywhere. Yeah, exactly. And the thing about Skyquake is, and I'm kind of giving away part of the plot here, um, there's a scene during the Skyquake battle with Bumblebee and Optimus that uh, Optimus says to Bumblebee, Skyquake hasn't gotten a vehicle mode yet. Retreat, run away, whatever. So you have to chase him. But when Skyquake finds Agent Fowler's super-secret, top-secret jet and scans it. 
I thought the scanning of the jet was so cool, but at the same time, I thought that it was going to liquefy Fowler because <laughs> no, seriously, because of the fact that when you see the scan go over, it doesn't it short out part of the jet equipment in the in the cockpit. Oh, I didn't catch that. If it did, yeah, it there's like something that happens as he's scanning it inside the cockpit where something shorts out in the cockpit. And one of the things that, um, again, going back to G1, this jet mode, even though it's extremely different and extremely a little more awesome, again, reminds me of Skyfire. Yeah, no, no, it does to me too. And this is where a lot of people had problems with this episode. Um, Not necessarily major problems, but these are where the first minor problems came into. Mm -hmm. One, the fact that he was basically already a jet before he scanned the Fowler's jet. I mean, yeah. he already had the wings and everything, which basically, easily, as easily as you can explain it, is look how it's really expensive to come up with these designs. Yeah. And they didn't have probably the resources to come up with two different robot modes for this character. So the first robot mode is basically already a jet, even before he scans the jet. I'm fine with that. Um, and the other problem they have is why is Fowler just randomly flying his jet through here so that he can be scanned in the middle he's of like, nowhere. Dur, 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 <laughs> have something to do. First of all, he's not a pilot that we know of. He's like a secret agent. Not secret agent, but he's like a an agent. Yeah, he's so a German agent. Yep. agent. He just flies his own helicopter or jet whenever he wants to and just is like randomly passing through this. And I can see that kind of being like, that was kind of an easy plot device, I guess, to give him somewhere, someone that he can scan. Mm-hmm. But I'm willing to get... I know that's what some people had problems with those two parts. I'm willing to get past that because Sky oh, yeah. was just awesome. And he was beating the crap out of those two. Not just that. He beat the crap out of Starscream. Yeah, Starscream was like, fuck that shit. <laughs> I'm out of here. And then he was throwing around Bumblebee and Prime like they were ragdolls. Yep. I was like, when is Prime going to call for some backup? This is not enough to take this guy out. But the B story of this episode, you couldn't call for backup because Ratchet, Bulkhead, and RC are helping Jack, uh, Raff, and whatever the hell her damn name is with their science fair projects. Miko. Yeah. Miko, yeah. And this yeah, is another part that people had problems with. It was a funny little fun backstory. Did I, did I, was I thrilled with it? No. Am I bothered by it? No. Well, you know, the thing about this episode of Transformers Prime to me is that there's an A story, which is the Starscream, Optimus, Bumblebee, Skyquake thing, and then there's a side B story with Ratchet basically taking over doing the kids' science projects. Um, And it was needed. The little lighthearted humor was needed somehow, whatever way they decided to do it, because you have so much action and the kind of darkness going on in the other part. All right. What did you think of the science fair stuff, Steve? Um... I actually thought that was quite hilarious how much Ratchet's like, no, 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 you're doing it wrong. And then he just basically takes over. <laughs> I, I do like the reveal of the science projects at the end. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> the science projects at the end. The first thing I thought of when I saw the volcano was, ooh, solar needle. <laughs> From uh, uh, Changing Gears, G1's episode Changing Gears, where Megatron has the solar needle. Okay, yeah. Nice. It, it was just it was it was nice little humorous you know section of the show, and it didn't take up that much time. It was just a few nope. little quick bits. Um, yeah, RC, but, but it, go ahead. It was worth it though. Oh no, I agree. It was worth it and did a lot to uh, to further Ratchet's character, 
which I think, Mike, you had mentioned it before that we'd get into it a little bit as far as Ratchet's personality and with the oncoming Wheeljack next episode, how that dynamic's going to work. Ratchet is a crackpot. <laughs> because Wheeljack was always the mad scientist that was always inventing stuff. Right. And it's and like Ratchet's filling that role now. See, the funny thing is, like, like Wheeljack and Ratchet, in, and I know... I'm sorry to anybody who hates us comparing shit to G1. We're going to compare anything to G1 at this point, especially this cartoon. If you have Rat- characters named the same, they get compared. I'm exactly. sorry. Ratchet and Wheeljack. Now, we haven't seen Wheeljack yet in Prime, so we don't know what he's going to be, but the dynamic between Ratchet and Wheeljack in G1 was of them. We, uh, uh, Ratchet was the medic. He was also part inventor, but Wheeljack was the crackpot. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> Wheeljack built the freaking Dinobots. I know. <laughs> he was drunk. So it'll be interesting to see how they do that. I'm, I, I'll, I will be very interested to see what way they go with that. Yeah. Uh, the thing about Ratchet in Transformers Prime, I, I'm sorry. Like the, like, the whole time he's doing this whole science thing, I'm sorry. Every time. And it's specifically because of who's voicing the character. <laughs> I see nothing but... The Steve Get- Ditko's question from Justice League. I see nothing but the question character from Justice League because Jeffrey Combs voices Ratchet, and just everything that Ratchet is doing in the series so far reminds me so much of anything that the question would say in Justice League. It just right. oh god, I love. So we we definitely got a little more in depth character stuff with Ratchet. Um, RC and Bulkhead are basically background in this episode. Yeah. We don't really get to see hardly anything from them. Um, which Although is I do fine. like RC's line, Jack and RC's quips to each other. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then we move back into the whole Skyquake thing, which Bumblebee eventually gets on Skyquake well, once he gets into jet mode and tears like... What does he tear out of him? He, tears he rips out... Part of his um, both wings, his, his yeah, part of his wings, part of his engines, probably his his fuel intakes. And basically, we have this massive jet, like we said before, way bigger than the other characters, mm-hmm. just doing this epic crash into the side of the mountain or in the dirt or whatever you want to call it, like wherever they're at. Um, and we're left to believe that basically he's dead. Yeah. Now, let me go off on TFW people again. But they're a bunch of morons. I If I have to hear one more freaking person say, what, are they going to do this every episode, kill off somebody? I'm going to fucking kill somebody myself. Because, yes, they killed Cliffjumper early on. And, yes, we're supposed to believe basically in Skyquake may be dead right now, too. Why do you then think that that's going to happen every single episode? The writers are not idiots. The writers are not going to introduce a character every single episode and kill them off. So I don't know why people would think that's going to happen or be scared that that's going to happen. It's okay that it happens every once in a while. So I don't get why everyone's freaking out. They're like, every single person that posts about this episode says, oh, I love the episode, but are we going to kill someone every day? I love the episode. Why does Skyquick have to die? And, you know, first of all, we don't know if he died or not. He went boom, but he didn't go boom as in like a space bridge exploded inside his face. He didn't. Killed like Cliffjumper did. Yeah, he didn't get killed like Cliffjumper did, where Dark Energon took over his body and he became a damn zombie. And for the other morons, Cliffjumper's not coming back. He's dead. 
Well, people, oh, okay. People well, are naive if they think that they're going to get the rock for an entire series. Well, first of all, the, the the writer and creator has already confirmed. He said, "When we kill someone, they're dead, 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 dead. They're dead." <laughs> like, but didn't 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 Jeff Klein or somebody also say that that's not to say that we won't bring them back in flashbacks? Well, yeah, but, he said you could see him like in a flashback or something. But for those people that think that he's going to come back like as a real character, right? You're no, moron. He's dead. He was brutally killed like and the the and jeff klein basically said anytime we kill someone they're dead yeah so the question is with skyquake it wasn't as definitive if he was dead or not exactly but but anyways that's that's how that ends and then we get the epic scene with um uh starscream going back to find because they they see a second signal of of a life form Soundwave detects it and He's not aware of anyone else that's buried on Earth. They figure out it's Megatron's signal, and he goes up to find Megatron on the uh, space bridge, <laughs> which was an epic scene. Steve? I love the fact that they found Megatron by the end of the episode. Yeah. And he was fucked up. <laughs> I love the fact that Starscream gets down and like whispers in his face or talks like right to his face. You know, kind of like you see in like some type of action movie, like mm-hmm. get right up to the guy that you think's basically not going to have any chance of hurting you, and like be all like showboating about it. And when he took the dark energy on out of him and just kind of held it, I don't know. That was kind of an epic scene to me. Yeah, it was. And then, and then he hides it from Soundwave. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the other thing I forgot to say is Soundwave had released his chest again. <laughs> Um, Do we have a character name for that thing yet? Uh, Jeff Klein said it's supposed to be an homage to Laserbeak, but he wouldn't call it Laserbeak. Okay. But we basically had a Soundwave minion, or whatever you want to call him, uh, go up to keep track of what Starscream was doing. And this is where I'm talking about where Starscream tries to play it smart, because he's like, he wanted to do certain things to Megatron there. Hmm. But since yeah. he was... <laughs> But since he was being monitored, he's like, oh, we need to get you back to sickbay, which it still cracks me up that they're calling it sickbay. But uh, so then they, they take Megatron back and hook him up into like a million different tubes and whatnot. But what did you guys think of both? Uh, I mean, I, if you want to talk a little bit more about Skyquick's death or the whole scene with Megatron and Starscream, like what was your take on how the, the episode basically ended the last like five or ten minutes? Steve, you can go. Um, I, I liked Skyquake. I liked... Uh, the fact that he was such an overpowering character that it took, you know, multiple uh, attacks by Prime and Bumblebee to actually take him down. And it was, uh, the other thing I like is that it was his jet mode where he was killed, which is something he wasn't familiar with to me. It explains it more. If they would have killed him somehow in robot mode, I would have been like, wait a second, because he was a badass and beating him up. But oh, he, yeah. There, he there's just, no he, way. Yeah, he just scanned the jet, so I understand that he might not have known... You know what I mean? It, it makes it more feasible to me. But go ahead. But but yeah, I would definitely say that uh, it, it's an added uh, a great a great added character to the Decepticon side. It, it's kind of like the bulkhead of the Decepticons. Yeah, you're only you saying your that because it's a green rat. Your Starscream to your to your uh, RC, your Megatron to your Prime, and then you got Bulkhead with Skyquake. So you just need your uh, guy that fights Bumblebee now. <laughs> yeah. 
Which is going to be nobody. <laughs> Pretty much. But the Decepticons have never had someone that size that took on Bumblebee. But no, I get what you're saying. But yeah, I, I definitely thought that that was, that was something cool, uh, that they're finally kind of narrowing it down, uh, getting, getting to the point where, uh, you can tell who kind of fits against who. Kind of like yeah. Beast Wars, you had, you know, one to one ratio of every character. Uh, and we're starting to get that now with, uh, TF Prime. Right. Yeah. What do you think about the whole ending with Megatron? I, that was badass. Yeah. I I thought Starscream, the original Starscream, there's no way he would have got away with that. <laughs> no way. And the original Soundwave was smarter than that. He knew Starscream inside and out. I mean, yeah. he knew, you know, what was going on at all times. And if he would have caught wind of Megatron, you know, it just... it. This Starscream's got some balls, but he's also got some brains. He yeah. knows when to cower, when to when to strike, and when to just kind of give up for the moment. Well, and it seems like none of the Decepticons quite understand how, as far as Soundwave, Megatron, and Starscream, each one of them is, like, not to be reckoned with. Yep. And, like, I don't know if they fully understand each other's underlying, you know, capabilities and motives. I think Megatron knows. But See, I wasn't sure if he knew quite yet. Uh, he may not know how uh, much of a uh, twisted character Starscream is, but, but he I'm knows sure not he to trust now. him. Yeah, because uh, when Starscream whispered to him, he leaned up and kind of groaned, and then just fell back weakly. Right. And then Starscream's like, uh, "You ain't getting back up." He's like, well, "This dark energy's the only thing keeping you awake." It sure is setting up for some type of epic revenge by Megatron. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, and he's going to royally thrash Starscream. And like, are we going to get something in the, the, are we going to get something as badass as what the, we had in the animated movie? Uh, <laughs> he just shows up and blows him. disintegrate him, but he may turn him into a, a zombie. Yeah. He may now, treat a cliff now, hold on, though, because Megatron in the five-parter jammed the dark energon into his chest and he was fine. He didn't turn into a zombie. He just got more power because the dark energon comes from Unicron spark or Unicron. But he was or... alive. Well, no, I, I know that, but what I'm saying is if Megatron kills Starscream or if Megatron puts dark energon into Starscream before he kills him, it's just going to make him more powerful. I'm That's not remembering kill him first. I, I haven't read the book in a while and I don't remember. I haven't rewatched the miniseries in a little bit. The, the miniseries, the when Megatron put his, put the Dark Energon inside him, Starscream was like, but Lord Megatron, you don't know what it's going to do to you. What, no, no, that's... what I'm saying is the Dark Energon has the opposite effect on Decepticons as it does Autobots. Is that where we're supposed to be with that? Right, exactly. Whereas with the Autobots, it kills them and turns them into zombies because it's the blood of Unicron. Right. Where that would be just like in yeah. the War for Cybertron game where Megatron infuses his troops with Dark Energon. Exactly. Right. But at the same time, even the Decepticons with Dark Energon become, you know, un, somewhat unstable and they need it constantly. It's like a drug. Right, that's true. But what I'm saying is there's no way that Megatron could kill Starscream with Dark Energon. He would no, have no, to no, kill no, him he was first. removing it, though. He was right. removing it from him, which no. was basically the only thing that was keeping him alive at that point. Like, he I, was I, saying... 
he's wondering what kind of revenge Megatron is going to get on Starscream. Oh, gotcha, 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 yeah. Megatron cannot kill Starscream with Dark Energon because it would just empower him more. Right. You no, I'm, kill I'm an Autobot with it and make them zombies, but you can't kill a Decepticon with it because it is the blood of Unicron. Megatron would have to kill Starscream some other way, by shooting him or something. And hopefully, with the way that this Megatron's personality is, hopefully he won't be, oh, well, that's strike one, Starscream. Strike two, now I'm going to blast you with my fusion cannon. Which Maybe he'll just turn him into a crackhead. <laughs> That would be funny. <laughs> so, uh, he'd, be, he'd be a crack fiend trying to scour the space for Dark Energen. Yeah, so we're basically left to see uh, what exactly is going to happen with Megatron. Is he going to live? Is he going to die? We pretty much know he's going to live, but I mean, exactly how is that going to play out? And how is it going to go down with him and Starscream? And which characters are we going to see in the future? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping Skyquake does return. I, I really did like him. As as a Decepticon, um, and I hope to God because the whole po- the whole other point of 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 the of, of this episode was Prime kept saying to Bumblebee, "Oh well, Star- Skysquake had had a had a choice had had a you know had he not chosen to follow Megatron, he could have joined." I hope that they do not go back to this whole uh, Skyquake slash Skyfire Jetfire thing of, oh, he's a Decepticon. Oh, no, wait, he's an Autobot. Clearly, this Skyquake character is a Decepticon. He is serving Lord Megatron. He is well, not He is not said to be a scientist like Skyfire was in G1, so I'm hoping to God they don't go back and forth, back and forth with the character. The other thing we didn't, I forgot to mention, is his line that a lot of people thought was kind of interesting where he said, I could never side with a Prime. Mm-hmm. Which obviously made it seem like you know immediately you get a sense of history there that not only well he either knows Optimus Prime well he knows Optimus Prime from the past but it seems like he knows the history of different primes right so that was kind of interesting but yeah I liked everything about him I liked the fact that he was big and bad I liked the fact that he had that history where he knew the story behind Prime and Megatron and whatnot and uh, overall like just overall thoughts of the episode I was pleasantly. Uh, impressed with the start of the full-on regular season now. Yep. There's not much to complain about. No, I'm definitely pumped. Yep. So now I have two shows I can watch every Friday. Yes! (laughs) So any other thoughts on on, uh, as far as the Prime show, anything that we didn't talk about that we need to, or... No, I think we about covered it this week. Yep. I think so, too. Things to look forward to for me is uh, Wheeljack and what exactly we're going to see with the Scraplets? What are they? They were supposed to come in Episode 7, right? Not this past episode. I might be getting confused. Scraplets are Episode 7. I don't remember if Wheeljack's Episode 7 or if Wheeljack's Episode 8. Okay, because I, I thought Scraplets were... the infection. Oh, okay. <laughs> but they did say, you know, the, the creators are saying that they're going to be bringing in more and more characters as we go through. Yeah. So for all those people that thought we were only going to have three Decepticons, yes, I remember all of you guys freaking out. We need more Decepticons. You're going to get them. You were morons. Yeah. yeah, they'll probably have the Seekers. They'll probably have the Constructicons or some form of them. I mean, it's... Get Shockwave it's, in there. Oh, yeah. But, so. uh, it, it, yeah, that'd be funny having Wheeljack come in there and Prime's like, Wheeljack, what are these? Ah, uh, shit, Prime, I brought Scraplets back from Sky- Cybertron. <laughs> What's <a> Cybertron? <laughs> Where the Scraplets come from. Yes. Um, so that's what I'm looking forward to, Wheeljack and Scraplets. I was hiding in the alleyway. But, um, yeah. 
Um, anyways, I'm looking forward to, uh, first of all, and I know it's not this week or this month, but uh, I'm looking forward to the new Beast Wars set by Shout Factory, mm-hmm. which will be within the next few months anyway, or yes. whatever. Um, I, I, I will be buying that. I really don't care. <laughs> Cost is not an issue. I... I will because I need them in boxes and next to my other Transformer stuff instead of on a burn CD. Yeah, see, I have the original discs. I got Season 3 at Best Buy when it came out, and then I had to go reverse order to get them. Yes. I I went and I got second season from Best Buy later on because I was poor at the time, like to the point I couldn't put gas (laughs) in my car. Yeah. And uh, splurged 40 bucks on them, and then... Season one, I had to pay forty bucks for, but I bought it on Amazon, so I knew I was getting a good copy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, I just have them burned, burned DVDs from one of my friends. That's all I have. And then I got a bunch of episodes on Predacon Empire that were favorites. So yeah, what are you looking forward to, Mike? Um, I'm looking forward to the well, most of them. Uh, Transformers Prime toys, just to see what they look like in actual toy form. As far because I mean, let's face it, these pictures, any of these pictures, are most likely photoshopped that we've talked about today. The Megatron, the Megatron one looks awesome. I'm most looking forward to that. Um, I'm with with how good Megatron looks. It makes me look forward to the Starscream. Yeah, didn't they showed Starscream off? Didn't they? I didn't think we got as clear or as good of pictures of all the modes or something. I didn't remember seeing those, but maybe they did. But Why don't you guys talk a little bit more, and I'll see if I can find it. <laughs> no. No, I'm just kidding. Um, there is a lot of stuff to look forward to, though, between Prime um, and the new episodes and new characters being revealed there, between all the toys for both Prime and BotCon, for those people that are into that, which isn't me, for the second book that's coming out, for the Beast Wars set and whatever else, the other set that they're hinting at, and the third movie. I mean, there's a, like I said last episode, it's a good time to be a Transformers fan. And look at look at what they're doing right now. They are talking and speaking basically to every type of Transformers fan. The people that like the movies, you got a new movie coming out. The people that like this new stuff, you got Prime and Prime Toys. The people that like Beast Wars and Beast Machines, you got new sets of DVDs coming out. The people that like animated, you got your BotCon figures. Yep. Like, they're hitting everybody. The Deluxe Starscream was premiered on TFW a while ago with the Deluxe Bumblebee. It was one of the first images brought up. Ah, okay. uh, Because when they first announced it, they first showed RC, Starscream, and Bumblebee, and I just put the link in in Skype for you guys to see the Starscream figure. And That looks cool, too. One of the things I'm loving about the Prime figures uh, so far, um, show accuracy. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. I mean... (laughs) I mean, show accuracy. You know, you can say what you want to say about the designs of the cartoon. I I mean, honestly, you know, I've always said I don't like the movie toys, but that's because they always show, like, the gears and the inner workings and stuff on the toys. These toys, because they're based off the Prime designs, and the Prime designs don't have so many innards sticking out. Mm-hmm. Um, I love just the looks of these. Will will the Starscream thing be something I add to my collection? Probably not anytime soon. Maybe down the line I will, but just so show accurate and just so amazing. That jet mode looks really awesome. It almost looks like a shark. Yeah. A flying shark. 
Yeah, Put I'm laser beams on its friggin' head. Sorry. <laughs> so that's we got a lot of stuff to look forward to, basically. Yeah, a lot of stuff. Yeah, and I I definitely think that this new uh, toy line uh, looks much better than than previous ones have in terms of the show, like you were saying, Mike. And then yeah. uh, I'd also have to say Starscream's look is growing on me. It really helps what on. Steve yeah. Bloom is doing with the voice, though. It, it makes you care for the character more, whereas before you're kind of like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I gotta say, like the and kind of going off more on the on the Transformers Prime toys stuff a little bit, really quick before we close out. I've never really cared for any of the movie figure bumblebees, but the Prime Bumblebee looks really, really cool in toy form. Yeah, he looks all right. I've never been a fan of his face, but. I mean, the car looks amazing. I, w- I would just get one just for the car mode. Yeah, the car mode really looks pretty cool. cool. Yeah. So right. maybe we'll buy the next time we have an episode, we'll have seen some pictures of some of the other, uh, you know, the future characters that are being premiered now and the bulkhead character. That would be nice to see. Yes. But for now, I guess we will uh, cut this episode to a close. Uh, we've talked about a lot of great things this episode. Uh, if there's anything that you'd like to hear us talk about in the next episode for discussion or to send in fan mail or fan voicemail or even the Ask Megatron, please send it to steve at geekcastradio.com or comment through the website or the fan page. Uh so for now, uh, we have been Mike TFG1 Blanchard and Kevin Optimus Solo. And this is Steve Megatron, and we're signing off, and we will see you next Saturday. <laughs> Defeat of my entire career. Yes.